That is awesome. All right, we're going to jump in, and uh, we will not get through all this today, but hopefully today and next week. Um, uh, it's sort of a tradition in Christianity. What are you seeing, at least in prophetic churches? Oh, I forgot to tell you, I, if you're on our email list, you've, you've uh, seen a link to an article, Thinking Like a Son and Not an Orphan. Uh, and then if you're on our text list, three times a week, live close text, it linked to this article. Uh, but I did print out some paper ones up there. And so there's about 25 paper ones. If we run out, I got some more. Well, I think there's only maybe seven or eight in the front. But if we run out, I got some more. If you want a paper version, this is really good, even though I wrote it, besides that fact. And uh, it's just lots of little thoughts on how to think like a son and not an orphan. So if you want a paper version, grab it. It could be a good little devotional. Read one. It's like 20 of them, 20 points or something like that. You can read them. Uh, uh, you know, maybe one a day. If we run out of paper versions, I got a bunch more in my office. Just grab them. So anyway, so it's sort of a tradition, prophetic communities. What are you seeing for 2024? I didn't do it for years. I often don't do it because I don't like being pigeonholed. But I actually wrote down what I think is going to happen for 2024. I did this last year. We talked about uh, that. And then I reiterated it in September. And so some of this is sort of the same. It's just an increase but with a little bit more. And so I wrote down four prepares. We'll touch on all four of them, but it's going to take two weeks to dig into them. But the first one I want to talk about is prepare for war. We are in a clash of kingdoms right now. The clash of the kingdoms is Jesus' kingdom, where he's the king of his kingdom, and Satan's kingdom, and he is the king of his kingdom. And both of them... Or Jesus' kingdom has been moving forward for 2,000 years. That's what he said when he came here. On the, on, he said, I have come to show you the kingdom. It's a fulfillment of Daniel's vision where he saw five empires and then the last one would be a big rock that comes up, smashes the feet that was solid and clay, and it was a rock and would grow into a big boulder. We don't have time to go into that, but that, that rock is Jesus Christ. That's why he said, on this rock to Peter, even though his name was Peter, I shall build my church. It was not him that they were building it on. You can't build anything much of value on a man. But he said, I'm building on this rock. Because right before that, he said, he said, who do you think I am? You are Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he said, upon this, I will build my kingdom. He's been building it for 2,000 years. But I'm telling you, this year, it's, I, this is, I didn't use these same words, but in January 2023, I talked a little bit about this. We are going to see a clash of kingdoms in the natural. If they're in the natural, they've already happened in the spiritual, like we have never seen before. So just get ready, because I'm going to give you some, over tonight, next week, some insight on how to navigate it correctly. <clears throat> One thing that aggravates me about being the prophetic movement, and I'm ordained under Morningstar, which is one of the biggest, and they don't do this, but one of the biggest prophetic movements around, is it's always rainbows and unicorns. I hardly ever listen to people's prophecies in January because it's for 35 years. It's going to be your most abundant year. This is going to be victorious. You're going to overcome. And all of that is true to some degree. I mean, it's just general truth. But I'm here to tell you, he is, by this word and us walking through what we're talking about, he's preparing us. It is going to be war. It's already been war for the last two years, but it's going to increase. And But I am going to tell you this, 
the devil is trying to do a great reset in the earth. But Jesus is doing a great reset in the earth. He's always a counterfeiter. And I'm going to tell you, you know, even though we're going to see a lot of clash of the kingdoms, it's going to live out in the natural, but it's going to be because of spiritual principles. We are either living in, in the kingdom of Jesus, where He's the king and we're following His rules and His domain, or even if we're saved, if we're not following and 100% after Him saying yes, you are effectively living the same way unbelievers do in the kingdom of Satan. There is only two things. That Satan doesn't care if you do your own thing as long as you're not doing his thing. Now, the best thing is if you're doing his thing, worshiping him trying to follow Him. But most of us aren't, don't do that. And But I'm telling you, there's a clash of kingdoms that's coming. Psalms 2.1. This is exactly where we're at. Psalms 2.1, verse 3. Let me just read it to you. If you want to turn to it, you can. Um, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Now, this had a local connotation of what was going on in Psalms 2. Verse 2, or I don't know what it is. I'm going to read through verse 3. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. I'm not encouraging you to keep up on politics and world affairs. I do it because I feel led to do it. Some of the things I believe now and see now, if I'd seen it three years ago, I would have said, you're a weirdo conspiracy theory. But there are, there are kings of the earth setting themselves up against God and to put, put us in binds. Not just us, but all of humanity. And they're trying to do this because I feel in, uh, that they feel, even if they don't understand it, their time is short, so they're getting desperate. I think it's getting shorter for Jesus Christ to come back. And as us as Christians, we go, we want Jesus Christ to come back. I want Him to come back. But that doesn't mean it's going to be hunky-dory. Is that a word anybody besides my age use? It's, it's not going to be all good between now and then. It's going to be a battle. The safest place is to be on the front lines, in the trenches, in God's will. Because then you're under the shadow of the Almighty. That doesn't mean we have to be perfect, but you do the best you know to follow Him, and because He never loses. And so as we go forward this year, this is going to be a theme over and over again, do not lose your footing in the midst of this great reset. We can know what's going on, but politically, let me just say this politically, This is going to be a hellscape year. This is going to be a hell of a year if you're following the news. may not affect you and your life, but it is whatever happened in 2020 is going to be multiplied this year. Do not be surprised. 
go, this is a kingdom that is trying to hold on to power, trying to increase their power, because they realize Jesus Christ, this is His earth, and somewhere in the end, I don't know the details. I'm, I'm telling you as an observer, hopefully with wisdom, I'm not speaking to you as a prophet that the Lord showed me this. Y'all know the difference? I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord. I'm just looking at observing and wisdom. This year is going to be chaos. I wouldn't be surprised how much riots is going on. Who knows what's going to happen in November when we vote for a president. But this is what I know. His kingdom is going to win somehow or another. I don't know who's going to be president. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something bigger. But we're going to, you need to be prepared for war and most of the church is flat asleep. They are just asleep in their kumbaya meetings. And we had a kumbaya meeting earlier, come by here, Lord. But we also realize we're in the midst of a battle. And um, it's going to increase. So <clears throat> what's happening, I'm not saying, specific, okay, Revelation. This is my view on Revelation. Most people put it off to the future. After years and years of study, I think it's a repeating pattern that's happened for 2,000 years. Okay? You can find patterns of all this stuff for 2,000 years. Is there stuff in the future? Yes. And so, in Revelation 17, verse 6, this is going to happen, but it's happening now. And it's happened in the past. Do you realize how many tens of millions of people were were killed in the Spanish Inquisition because you were a Protestant? You would have thought you were in the middle of hell. I don't remember the numbers. Any of you remember? It's like 30 or 35 million. It was, I may be way off. It was tens of millions. That was one of these repeating patterns of the Antichrist coming in. And so, um, I tell you what, let me start at verse one. Are y'all with me? This may be, we may go longer than 30 minutes tonight, but you're going to get a, hopefully a, a big picture. Revelation 17, one. See, Revelation is the battle between two women. It is a battle between two two kingdoms. One is the bride who is walking under the kingdom of God, and you have to prepare yourself for that. Not all Christians are in that. We don't have time to go through there, but if you've been around here, you realize not all Christians are the bride. Because it says at the end, she has prepared herself and made her ready, and he has given her white linen. So you've got this... this, this um, the bride, and then you've got this whore of Babylon, which is in America, and it's huge. Verse 1, One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits by many waters. And this is analogies and metaphors. With her, the kings of the earth committed adultery. How much sexual... Wherever the, the woman of Babylon, the whore of Babylon is, there's sexuality that's uncontrolled. That's why I say it's in America. It's uncontrolled. I mean, it's beyond just having an affair. It is perverted. It is sin. I'm not saying we make laws or not make laws. I'm just saying this is where it is. When you got maps now, minor attracted people. Okay? We used to call them pedophiles and perverts. This is in the earth in America now. Now, I'm not saying it bad because at the same time, the woman who has made herself pure is rising up as a 
counterbalance to this thing. Verse 2, with her the kings of the earth committed adultery and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. If you take the poetry out of that, you can see how this is happening in the world. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names. It had seven heads and ten horns. This has happened, I don't have time to go into it, but this has happened multiple times in history. Verse 1, the woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering of gold, precious stones and pearls. She had a golden cup in her hand filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The the name written on her her forehead was a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and the abominations of the earth. Now, here's where I want to get to in verse 6. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of God's holy people, the blood of those who bore testimony to Jesus. We're not at that place in America yet, but we're getting closer. You've got the Methodist church that went perverted. They went perverted. They're the last one. There's going to be more, but most of them have already gone perverted with the LGBTQ movement. 8,000 churches have now left the Methodist church, and it's going to be many more because they're seeing, I don't want to be a part of this. You know what they said this week? This is unbelievable. But this is setting up for the point that I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to make a point for the method, the hammer the Methodist church. They're just the latest. They issued a, a thing to all their churches. Do not use the word husband and wife anymore because it offends people. My God, well, how much of the Bible do you got to get rid of? Okay, let me tell you, and I, I don't mind putting this out. That is not a Christian church. I do not know what it is. It's a gathering of people. But to be a Christian church, you have to follow Christ in His Bible. So what does this say? The Methodist church, along with other churches, along with Christians and other denominations, are backing off because they don't want to be offended because they don't want to be persecuted. Persecution, maybe even it's just a verbal level, I hope is all it is, is coming. Maybe not to Dalton, Georgia. But it's coming, and that's the clash of the kingdoms, and the Lord is standing with us in this. Um, let me give you a positive verse, because this is happening. Isaiah 60, verse 1, popular verse. Isaiah 60 is a chapter for today. I'm not going to go all the way through it. I could speak several weeks on it, but this is, I'm going to read the verse three verses. And I'm, I'm showing this to you, not to be negative, but to, so you are not caught by surprise. Because Satan wants this world, and he has taken over most of the denominations. So you can't even rely on that now. We're becoming a remnant. He wants this world, but Jesus Christ paid for this world. When he came out of the grave after three days, he had the keys of death and hell in his hand, and he will win, and eventually there will be a physical victory where he steps down on Mount Zion. That's it in Jerusalem. That's in the future. But Isaiah 61, are you all with me? Isaiah 61, because listen, as a pastor, I don't want us to be caught off guard. I want us to be prepared. I don't want you just come out of there and go, that's the best message. I was encouraged. I was built up. La, la, la. But you get blindsided by what's going on in the world. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. That's why I say it's repetitive. Isaiah 60 was to Hebrews back then, but does that mean we don't apply it now? It's a cycle that continually happens. Look, 
See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. We just talked about the nations who are raging against God. They're raging against you, but they're raging against God going, I can be like God. I can determine my agenda. I have, I'm worth billions. I can Because the political leaders are not the real leaders. I hope you figured that out. They are pawns for those with hundreds of billions of dollars. They are the real, and they go, I will do, and eventually these guys are going to die. Do you know what the number one thing billionaire spirit, as a, as a general thing, spend their money on? What did you say? That's it. You can find these articles everywhere. They're trying to do longevity programs, youth programs, trying to figure out how not to die. Why? Because when they die, the game is over. That's intense. And it won't be good for them, but it's going to be awesome for us. And so, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So in the midst of this, nations, which is not the nation state that was defined by the Treaty of Westphalia in Britain about 200 years ago, 250 years ago, I don't have time to go in. Nations mean tribes, means ethnic groups or groups of people. And, and so it is going to change. Turn over to Revelation 19.6. What time did I start? About 7.15. This is where we're going. So when you're in the midst of the clash going, this country is going to hell in a handbasket, and it is. It's going to be redeemed. I don't know how. But it's going to be re- He has chosen in His sovereignty to do it through you. That's a bad plan to me. But he believes in us enough that he's going to teach us how to survive in the clash of the kingdoms and work through us because we're created in his image. And he believes in you and me more than I believe in myself or you. I just said that. I said that was a bad plan. Revelation 19.6 verse 9. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah. Now this is at the end. We're not there yet. For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. So here we go. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. How do you make yourself ready? Not by just hanging on and dying and going to heaven. It's by staying on this earth and going, I have a purpose. I am prioritizing my life according to that purpose. I'm getting to know a person of Jesus Christ, and I refuse to leave until I finish this thing. And that's how you make yourself ready. Fine linen and bright and clean was given to her to to wear. And so, you know, we've got this militaristic theme here. I don't know where it came from. Hopefully it's God, but it came. You know, you got the spiritual delta force on the left when you leave. We talk about it all the time. And so Jesus right now is, for those that are listening, and, and it's here the best I know how. I'm not saying it's perfect. He is raising up a wartime army to help in this clash of kingdoms. Most Christians are going to get slaughtered. I'm not saying physically die. They're going to get thrown over, bowled over, and go, what the heck just happened? I thought God was good. And God is good. And He's good to train us how to spread goodness to the world. And He is, when I said earlier in the, I think after worship, He is moving us as a church 
part of the remnant, part of the bride, part of the whatever you want to call it, is moving from asleep to awake. Asleep doesn't mean literally asleep. It means I just sort of do the minimum. We've talked about months here for apathy. Uh, it was interesting. Bill Johnson, two weeks ago, his whole talk at his church was fighting a spirit of complacency. So it's not just us. Why? Because he is moving us from sleepers to soldiers. From scared to special forces. I do not want this church to be in the regular army. That's a, that's a good thing. He's trying to get us in the regular. I want us to be the recon units. I want us to be the guys that jump out of the airplanes. I want us to be the guys that go behind the lines and be the special forces. That's why it says Delta Force. So there's a high calling. If you're here and you're not wanting to do that, then you're going to be miserable. But you, we've already run off, I think, most of those. This is where we're at as a church. Hopefully not here, but I think for me there's some of it. Jeremiah 12, 5. Put that one up. Uh, I've got God's Word on here, so whatever version you have is good. This, if, if you want a prophetic verse, this is where we're at. Jeremiah 12, 5. Let me read it from that version so it's not confusing. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out... I'm going to be blunt. This church has been worn out for six months, including me, not pointing fingers. Because we've been trying to walk or to race with men on foot. I think one reason he's shown us to wore out, to go, you've got a long ways to go. How can you compete with men who are on horses? So it's not a negative thing in the sense of judgment or condemnation. If we've been worn out with the battle we've had, but the battle is increasing this year and moving from fighting people on foot to fighting the cavalry, we're not ready yet. But He's getting us there. You understand where I'm going? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage war in the thickets in America? So right now, all that you're going through, all that I'm going through, all that we're saying yes to, this is not the end. He's saying, I want to get to you a place where you are frontline soldiers, even going behind frontline soldiers, wherever you work, with the guy that's coming to his house, or wherever you're at, so that you are on a same intense, uh, knowledgeable, Wise footing is what the devil is preparing on his side. And if we don't do that, then we'll fall back and he'll use somebody else. So, about a week ago, the Lord, I was praying and the Lord said, Can you love me and sacrifice for me as much as I love and sacrifice for you? And I'm like, I'll try. By him asking that, it was an invitation. Now, there's no way we're ever going to get to that same standard. But that's the standard. And so I've been waking up every morning and saying, Lord, let me love you as much as you love me. Let me sacrifice for you as much as you sacrifice for me. See, the church in America is asleep and can't even fight people on foot, but we'll show up on church every Sunday, but we go on home. But when a true clash comes through that is determining the destiny of your family, determining the destiny of your 
marriage, determine the destiny of your country. We cannot hang in there, but the devil has prepared. What do you see all the rage? What was it, two years ago? All the rage in these cities with Antifa Tifa, and all that's going on. I'm afraid we're probably going to see even more rage. Those guys are fired up by demonic possession. And he is, the, God will not be outdone. He is going to, he is going to raise up and fire up Christians who have Holy Spirit possession. Where they are possessed to the level of the Holy Spirit that, you know, the big thing in a, that's happening is, ah, Keisha, God, oh, man, I am already stepping on so many toes. We're in this religious spirit in this city and it's going around, it's growing, that the gifts are not for the day. Why? Because you cannot be on fire and fight the enemy with just principles. You have got to have power of God to overcome or you will get attacked by spirits of depression, discouragement, and whatever. And some of the best people that I've seen following God are falling away. Well, those things aren't for the day. Why? Because if He cannot keep you from being saved, He will keep you from the power of God. And it is a demonic to steal the power. I can't keep them from going to church, but my God, my people have power because they're filled with my demons. Let's don't have them filled with the Holy Spirit just enough to get saved and go. It's the truth. Not here. But I guarantee you, we're going to see, and we're seeing it. He's doing it now. This is the process you're going through. Every time you yield, every time you say yes, you're getting filled up more with Him and moving forward with Him. And it scares the devil. You can tell I'm passionate about this, can't you? And so... Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Weapons of mass destruction. That's good. Y'all hear that? We're going to be weapons of mass destruction, the Lord told. Philippians 2.17. So, and we're going to, well, I'm going to jump into purpose right after this because I know it's, it's hard. Um, we, we, we run this fine line. Uh, following God's like a road. You don't want to get on the ditch on either side. One side is legalism, and one side is just Christian lawlessness. We don't do anything. I mean, we can do whatever we want to. Hyper grace, you might have heard that term, where you don't even have to confess your sins. We don't want to be legalistic. But there is a part of life where he demands stuff. It often varies per person. Let me read to you Philippians 2.17. I got started moving this direction when he said, will you love me as much as I love you and sacrifice for me as much as I sacrifice for you? I don't even quite know really what that means. But here's Paul. I looked up this verse. Philippians 2.17. My life, Apostle Paul, is being poured out. That doesn't sound fun, does it? As a part of the sacrifice and service for your faith. And so I said, Lord, I don't want to get into legalism. I know you don't accept me on performance. 
I know my approval is not based on what I do. I just wrote this little article on it. But somewhere, because he loves his bride and he is asking for help to be poured out as a sacrifice to bring his bride to him. And so my motivation for doing stuff needs to flip from Trying to think where to go next. Um, give me a second. I've got so many notes here, there's no way we can get through it all tonight. But um, <clears throat> wow, I don't even see the verse I was looking for. Um, yeah, here we go. So, why do we do what we do? Not to get brownie points. Not for Him to love us anymore. But because we know His heart aches for everyone to know Him intimately. And we want to take up His cause. So then we're willing to be poured out as a sacrifice. Not for our brownie points. Not for our performance and approval, because we already have that. I mean, I already wrote on that. If you hadn't read it, go read it. It's because, as the Moravian says in the Moravian room, he deserves the reward of his sufferings. So it's out of love. Let me jump around over to um, prepare for a person. This is another verse. I talked about the verse of the footmen versus the horses. That's where we're at as a church, a relationship church. He's teaching us, okay, you Done well, but you've gotten tired. Okay, fine. We we did the best we knew how. But I want to teach you how to fight people on horses. Listen, we're not talking literal people. We're not talking a literal sword. We're talking spiritual battles at a much bigger level. Y'all get that? So that's where we're going. This, this is going to happen this year. <clears throat> Turn over to Revelation 2, verse 1. And we'll end with this. I'm going to skip down to preparing for a person. Um, Because I really believe... You know, there's seven churches that uh, Jesus Christ, through the Apostle John, wrote to in Revelation. One of them was the book of Ephesus. People often say, well, this is the age of Ephesus, or this is the age of Laodicea, or this is the age of Smyrna, age of Philadelphia. I disagree with that. I think these are seven general principles that can happen to any church at any time during history. And it's, it's revolved, it's repeated. You know, maybe there's some big meta level. The last church is Laodicea. Maybe it's the biggest influence at the end of, right before he comes back. I don't know. But right now, I was just reading, the Lord led my heart. I don't usually do this, but he said, I want you to read Revelation 2.1. I was over there at Native Kitchen. Maybe there's an anointing over there. I was eating one of their breakfasts. <clears throat> so let me read this. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars. Seven stars are messengers. There's a lot of debate on this. Some people say it's angels. Some people says it's the elders in the church. I can't really tell. 
the scriptures are not that clear. I don't think it's important to the passage. In his right hand, walks among the seven golden lampstands. The lampstands are the churches. He wants us to burn. Not just with social justice, but with eyes of him. Verse 2. I, okay, so let me back up. I'm going to give you this as we walk through it. The Lord said, your church, relationship church, us, you are the Ephesus church right now. This is a harsh word. When I get to the end of it, you'll see where I'm going with it. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. And the Lord told me, he said, R.C., Craig, all of us, I have seen your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. We've been trying to fight footmen. So that's a compliment. And we have. We've worked hard in this place. It's amazing what influence 40 people have in this city. We're on different boards of social action places. It's just crazy. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not. And have found them false. And if you've been around here long enough, we don't put up with a lot of stuff, man. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't apostles, but it's something else. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name. And the Lord said, you've done that. That's a compliment to us. We've been working hard. And have not grown weary. I'm not sure how I reconcile that with the whole footman thing, but we move on. Yet I hold this against you. And I almost started crying at the native kitchen when he showed this to me. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do... I'm going to come back to this. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And so the Lord showed me, He says, R.C., you have been doing, you've been enduring, you've been working hard, you've been not growing weary, you've been suffering trouble, you've been rebuking false doctrine, you've been rebuking false offices, and they said apostles, fighting wickedness, and you in this religious reason, region think that is the height of Christianity. Yeah, I guess I did. But that was important, but it was not the main thing God wanted. He said, look how far you've fallen, and you're doing all this. Let me repeat it. Doing, enduring, working hard, not growing weary, suffering trouble, rebuking false doctrines, rebuking false offices, fighting wickedness, fighting the Jezebel spirit, coming against adultery. He says, that's important, but that, but look how far you have fallen. What is he talking about? You have forsaken the love you had at first. And I was like, what? Do you remember how excited you were when you first got saved? You remember reading like the whole Bible in one day. I'm exaggerating. But you couldn't put it down. You remember how you would sing that worship song? That's all you sang was that one worship song. A thousand times. And people were sick of hearing that one worship song. Depending on when you got saved, but for me it would have been like the deer panteth after the water. You just keep singing that song over and over again. That's all you talked about. And that's what the Lord showed me for me. Maybe it's not for you. 
Craig, you've done well. You've done all those things. But your first love has fallen, and that's the most important thing. It almost implies if you have to pick from doing rebuke and wickedness, apostles, and being in love with me, be in love with me. And so preparing for 2024, there's a war. It's already started. It's going to increase. And the best way to prepare for it is to prepare for a person. Why don't you come on up? We're going to do some kind of worship here. Whatever. Do one of the songs you already did. Doesn't matter. And so, because we're going to sing out and just... And so, the best way to prepare for war is to prepare a place for a person. Which his name is Jesus. This is what the Lord showed me. And I'm going to be as blunt to you as He was to me. He doesn't judge us by what... Okay, the things we do is important, but that's not the most important thing. And if our criteria for what we do is what we've done, then we've missed it and fallen from our first love. His standard for the Ephesus church is I want you to return to the burning love of intensity with me. Which means we have to prepare our priorities. And we'll talk more about it next week, Lord willing. Which means I have to make time for the secret place. You know how you fight the war and get... The secret place is where strategies and solutions come from. Let me repeat that. Strategies and solutions come from the secret place as we seek a person. I know this is heavy, but this is where I'm telling you, we're going to exit this year. Next year, January 2025, we're still going to be here, Lord willing. We're going to say this is what happened this last year. We're starting to run with the footman without getting tired. And some of us are going to be able to fight the enemy who's on horses. And we're going to say, I mean, this is not a one-week thing. It's probably a decade thing. And we're going to exit this year with more of an intensity just to know Him. Well, how much... And I hear this in religious circles. Well, how much is there is to know about Jesus? I, you can talk about Him for about five minutes and we exhausted it. What does that say? You've never encountered Him beyond salvation. But I want to encounter Him beyond salvation. And, and I, I'm like 5% there. 3% there, 2% there. And the Lord just correct me. He said, Craig, you're one of the hardest workers I've ever seen, which is good. It's not unimportant. But I'm judging you how far you've fallen from the first love. Does that not just totally reset everything? Why is the church around? Yeah, we're going to do some stuff. But are the people burning more with passion for Jesus this month than last month? If not, he's going to find somebody else. Where did you get that? Revelation 2. That's crazy, isn't it? That doesn't make sense to me. He uses us to fight the enemy, and his most important thing is not what we do, but how much we're in love with him. That makes no It sort of makes sense, but I don't sure I like it. It's easier to do stuff than to seek someone. So if, I'm going to pray, and then and however they feel led, we're just going to worship the Lord. If you need to go, you're free to go. If you want to stay afterwards, as long as you want to stay. And as I said in um, prophetic gathering, 
I'm going to repeat it because about half of you weren't there. You know, I've been doing this now, this church, for 29 years. I was assistant pastor for many years before that. I was a a Christian leader at college before that. There is no fame in doing this. There is no fortune in doing this, believe me. I mean, what I give in tithe, I, I don't get that, I don't get anything back. It pays for some of my books I buy. Maybe some meals, but, you know, if I just withheld my tithe with more than you follow what I'm saying. So there's no fortune here. But what I li- why do I keep doing this? The reason you keep doing this is because I have been assigned to this region and I cannot leave. When I came here 30 years, I mean, I'll go out and speak here or do that or go overseas. When I came here 30 years ago, the Lord knew what battle it was. So here I was as a 34-year-old guy. And the Lord told me, he says, if you try to take your gift and go to any other region, it will not work. You may be good enough with your administration skills to make something happen, but I will only bless you when this is your base. And he said, get a, a tomb, get a funeral plot and a, a tombstone made because you're going to die here. Because he loves this region. He loves it. And, uh, and I don't love it because I wasn't born here. I love it because he loves it. He sent me here. And it's an honor to work for him. And so, <clears throat> so why am I doing this while you're doing it? It's because we're going to see pockets, not just this place, pockets all over this city who are sick of churches that say you can't see husband and wife and say, I got saved and He's the King of the earth and I follow Him and His commandment. <coughs> people, and then people that just come straight out of the world, really it's easier to disciple them like this refrigerator guy or the stove guy or whoever he was. This place is going to be filled sometime, maybe a decade from now, two decades, two months, I don't know, with people that what is on their lips is, have you heard about what Jesus told me? Have you heard, thank you, have you heard about what Jesus is doing? Did you hear about this crazy guy brought this oven to his house and he puts his hands on me? And I don't know what happened, but it was better than any drug I've ever taken. And there's no hangover. That's a big deal, no hangover. The devil will let you have fun, but then you have to pay for the stupid thing, man. The next day. Do you mind turning the lights down, the worship lights? And so you can see the passion. That's because I want you to know who you're walking with, and I'm walking with you. And some of you make me look lukewarm. But we're on this mission together to get to know Him first, and then to bring as many people as we possibly can to Jesus and go, these guys are in love with you. They're paying the price to get purified. They're paying the price to do whatever He's calling them to do. Amen. I could keep going on. I need to stop. Let's just worship Him. Let me pray and then we'll go into this. So Jesus, I end how we started. You are amazing. And the more I know You, and I know You not a lot the more I encounter you which is so little and I want more you are just amazing and I pray 
that Jesus, this Jesus is revealed to this region. Not Jesus the doctrine. Not Jesus just the Savior. But the amazing Jesus. Amen. And so just lead however you feel led in worship. I don't know if there will be probably an end. It may be obvious or you just drift on out. But we're officially done. But I just encourage you to stay a few minutes and just worship the amazing Jesus.